Stay alive, Jessica Hyde. Matching sets are useful to us. Shall we grab some refreshments before we press on? The answer is none. None evil. It's Utopia. Welcome to the Center Cut. I'm Dave. And I am Michael Michael. And I don't know why we're talking in these low, whispery voices, but it just kind of feels right. It's because of Arby. It is because of Arby's. Those yummy, (laughs) yummy meat sandwiches. No, we are here today to talk about the Amazon Prime version of Utopia. Yeah. Before we do that, if you haven't heard, we announced in a bonus episode in between our standard episodes here last week that we have our sticker shop open. We have four designs what, what? to help support the show. And we've had some, some great support so far. I really wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody that's bought a sticker. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. We really do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Extra shout out for apparently the MVP of the show. Kay, you may have know Kay from previous questions, etc. Kay bought one of each sticker, and for that, we love her forever. She is the best. Everyone should be striving to be as cool and as awesome as she is. Correct. We, I mean, we loved her forever before she bought the stickers, uh-huh. but now now we're indebted to her yes. for the rest of her life. She's a female, so she'll probably live longer than us. There's a very high likelihood of that. Uh, I don't know what to talk about anymore. Anyway, we're all going to die soon, though, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> Dave, what are we doing? Yeah, so Utopia. Oh boy, guys. We watched the first episode and the last episode of Utopia. As Michael mentioned, this is a new Amazon Prime show, but the show isn't new. This is actually kind of a reboot of the British original that came out in 2013. So didn't get a great reception. A lot of the reviews think that it has to do with the fact that it is a show about a pandemic during a pandemic. So it got a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I also don't know how I feel about it after after watching the first episode and the last episode. But the show stars Sasha Lane, Rain Wilson, and John Q. Sack. I, I think I like it overall, but man, you are right. The reception of this especially from reading reddit because we post our you know we post on reddit ahead of time that hey we're going to be you know we we want questions we're doing this please help us out fans from the overall reddit the you know this was this reddit is created from the british version and now they're people that are following that are now commenting about this new version Mm. man they are panning the hell out of this they say it's trash sorry british people say it's pure rubbish it's bullocks (laughs) But more importantly, like a lot of them are complaining, saying that all the violence is toned down. That I don't understand, because did we watch the same show? I saw a man's thumb get cut off. Seriously, in just the two episodes that we watched, there was at least 12 to 15 people who got shot in the head. Yeah, that violence is toned down. I'm surprised. That's ridiculous. Like, what do you need more? Do you need more violence than that? That's not normal. There's something wrong with you. Uh Did you get tortured as a child? And now you need to see that borne out? Probably. It's absolutely ridiculous. I get it. Like, this isn't the best show ever created, but it's certainly not just like fourth rate drivel. Like, there's some merit to it. 
And I think that a lot of the problem that these people have that are just completely hating it, they're so steeped in their bias that they can't accurately value it. If you eat a Hershey's bar on its own, it's not the best, but you're not going to spit it out and go, oh, disgusting. Like you're going to swallow and think, hey, you know, at least it's chocolate. And then you go about your day. If you eat something delicious like a lint truffle like a her like a hershey's bar well no a hershey bar is not that great on fuck its own. your shit the hershey's bar well, is but anyway if you eat a better oh, so you're saying that a hershey's bar is better than lint chocolate yes i'm willing to make that argument wow okay well we're not on the same wavelength what wow. we're never on the same well, wavelength. like that's fine okay but- lint is gourmet chocolate hershey's bar is something that americans shove in their fat fucking faces since like 1922 anyway this feels opposite to what it should be regardless if you eat something more delicious and then you go to a substandard thing i get that your feeling is hey like now this is trash compared to what i just consumed but as long as you understand that the subs the, the second thing you consumed itself isn't just hot garbage but you're comparing it to something else then fine continue just don't look at it and say hey this is garbage that's all i wanted to say yeah i agree with you i think that the same thing would happen if they came out with a new reboot of firefly right like everyone who liked the original no matter how good the new one is is just going to shit all over it because they loved the original right i do agree with you it's like first of all we're americans we just consume trash as it is so they didn't need to put a lot of effort into this show anyways and they did, but I don't think they probably needed to for people to watch it. Yeah, I I don't don't take your your past experiences and and shit on this show just because it's not exactly the same. If it was exactly the same, then it wouldn't be worth watching. Right. What's the point of fucking doing a reboot if it's if it's going to be exact? Th- thank you. Thank you for understanding what I'm saying. You're welcome for the first time ever. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. But why don't you tell us what the fuck happened in the first episode of the show? The first episode is titled Life Begins. And there's a disclaimer right at the start, like, this is a work of fiction, you imbecile. This is not a real depiction of a pandemic that's happening right now. Yeah, it's it's funny that they need to put that kind of stuff in. It's like a drug commercials that have to say, don't take this if you're allergic to it. Uh, and then it goes right into the intro. There's no cold open, which I feel like is a throwback nowadays. It's rare for dramas to do that. Yeah, um, I'm just used to there being something and then the intro. Yeah, I kind of like that. Same. That's like you could turn it on and go get a drink and come back like two minutes later and you're good. Exactly. So Alex Tromboli from season one of American Vandal, great show, by the way, and his fiance have inherited the house of the girl's grandfather, who was a hoarder. Mm-hmm. Ethan, the guy, stumbles upon the Utopia pages, and he posits that it'd be smart to try to sell them so he can start a podcast, quote unquote. Yeah. How cute, BB. Come at me, boy. We will crush you. We will destroy you with our stickers. Q FringeCon, where the Utopia pages will be for sale. We meet our fanboys and fangirls. Sam, she works for painting fake grass at a cemetery. Yeah, it's a company called True Green, which is a real company, I think. Oh, Becky, who gets excited and later has a seizure. I thought that was just the excitement. (laughs) That was really mean. I'm sorry. Ian, who works at a Lyme disease-based insurance company. What a loser answering phones all day. And he has an internet relationship with Becky. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm excited for him. He seems really into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet Wilson Wilson, your typical tinfoil hat wearing, scared of everything, lives with his parents nerd. Yep, exactly like the Wilson we all know and love. And a not seen Grant, who we're led to believe is a rich dude. I thought for sure this was going to be Rain Wilson. Oh, OK. And I was sad when it wasn't. 
Spoiler alert, it's not Raid Wilson. <laughs> not, no. Wilson narrates a quick rundown of the dystopia story. Basically, this science nerd is forced to make viruses by a dude that looks like a bunny. Mm-hmm. Uh, his daughter is saved by Artemis and chased by the Harvest. These people are nerds. Mm-hmm. Also, the comic slash graphic novel is thought to predict future epidemics. Yeah. Where were you for COVID? Mm. Tisk tisk. We see Wilson Wilson at home. Becky has a seizure and she has a tattoo slash mark behind her ear that looks like the Red Hot Chili Peppers logo. Just a fan. She's a big Anthony Kiedis fan. Just a fan. I get it, man. Dude's like 60 and he can still get it. Oh, yeah. He looks great. He looks far better than me. <laughs> Uh, Sam drives with her dad and turns out Grant is a project dwelling boy, not a rich man, though. His future is br- No, he's still going to be poor. Not Rain Wilson. Not Rain. Sad. No. Friends of P by the Rentals plays and we've made it to FrenchCon. Mm-hmm. I don't want to alienate people. I'm a pseudo nerd, so I can understand some nerd things, but I'll never get cosplay and comic-con stuff are you kidding me that dude in the suit with that like abstract rabbit head was fucking badass but why do you need to dress up like stuff i don't i don't get that part of it why do we dress up on halloween i don't like that either well that's because you're sad and lonely (laughs) i don't know i just like just jerk off to your anime at home like a normal person no i'd much rather jerk off to my anime in a public setting The gang has a plan to all bid $500 on Utopia, and then Sam will swoop in with a big bid to take it down. Mm. I don't fucking get it at all. Like, maybe if they're the only ones bidding, but they have to know other people will be involved, right? I I don't understand the plan. Can you explain it to me? No, I don't either, because the idea of diluting the market would make sense if the price eventually offered was going to be an average of all the bids or some bullshit like that but if they're just going to take the highest bid then who the fuck cares how many bids there are how how much interest there is if there's one dude who offers 20 grand exactly that dude's gonna exactly get it. and plus like they're not the only ones bidding there's there's obviously many other people who are interested so what does it fucking matter what they do i i, I don't understand i don't understand yeah the, the diluting the market idea makes zero sense to me at all okay good glad we agree so ethan and his fiance have staged a hotel room with utopia regalia and each person gets to come in and put their contact info and bid and jizz on one individual page. One page. But they all get a different page, which is kind of silly. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Wilson goes first. And then after that, we meet a creepy dude who we later find out is Arby. And your man's hair sucks. And he's eating off-brand raisins. I enjoy Arby very much. Much more than the meat shop. Some bug-eyed dude in a douchey hat and vintage sports car pulls up and takes the creepy dude away to, we assume, FringeCon. Mm-hmm. And then we get a montage of nerds on nerds on nerds going through the hotel room bidding <laughs> rigmarole. Mm, yeah. We'll see all these poor saps again later. Ian gets his turn. He snaps a picture when they're not looking, and then he heads down to the bar to meet Becky for the first time IRL. Yeah, it's an important to note that when they're asking for the bids, they're asking for everyone's name and contact information. So phone numbers, room numbers, all that jazz. Wilson, being the crazy conspiracy theorist that he is, refuses to give his information and told everyone else to do the same. So all they're giving is a name and a bid. And that saved their lives. Mm-hmm. Go Wilson, Wilson. Yeah. Wilson. Wilson. So Becky and Ian, they're, they're meeting for the first time. 
But am I am I supposed to think they've never seen pictures of each other also like in 2020? Yeah, that I find that hard to believe. Maybe it's the assumption of I've seen pictures, but I assume that's not what you look like. That's horrible. But then if you saw the person that looks like that, wouldn't you immediately know? Like they were both confused. It's like, why have you been talking for a year and not once sent a picture to each other? So random. Or found each other on Facebook or anything, literally anything like that. Yeah, it's it's wild. That's crazy. Like I said, if it was 1972 and you were just like pen pals, okay, I get it. Like it, maybe you're not going to send a Kodak through the mail, but yeah, it's the internet. Yes. Makes no sense. Ian tries to return his drink to the bartender. Get the hell out of here. And Samantha now gets to see Utopia. She bids 6000 Why didn't she just look at the sheet and see all the bids and just bid like $1 higher than whatever's there? They wouldn't tell her. She asked and they wouldn't tell she, her. Didn't she? They hand her the bid sheet. Oh, but yeah, they do hand her the bid sheet. I, I feel like they asked people for their bids before they handed them the sheet. No, they write down their bid on the sheet next to their contact info. That's why the plan does it makes no sense. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Because, yeah, we saw Wilson write in the yeah. $500 that he bid. It makes no sense. Zero sense. Visible bids. What? what? I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, hmm, I'm really trying hard to make <laughs> sense of it, and I just no, can't do it. Can't do it. So not only do Ian and Becky not know what each other look like, they also know nothing about each other, including what their jobs are. Literally, Ian told a guy while he was standing in line to go bid on Utopia, I'm meeting a girl that I think I'm in love with today. He doesn't even know what like she does for work. <laughs> Which you spend a majority of your, between that and sleeping. That's like 80% of your life. Yet you don't know. That. So I think Ian loves Becky because she loves Utopia. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got. Mm. So maybe it's because of her fun party excitement that she has in her chair her with a seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Her fun. Oh, I'm going to make fun of her seizures again. <laughs> you should have known that. Perfect. Samantha runs into some misogynistic nerd douches and shows him a leaf that looks like Uganda. And then she gets on her high horse, yet also uses the word spoo with a straight face. So everything she says is out the window. I don't even know what that means. Spoo? I think it's like jizz, but like something a British person would call jizz. Sad. Spoo. Ian and Becky kiss, (laughs) despite not knowing anything about each other. Yeah, despite not realizing that one has a a life-altering disease. Back at the bidding hotel wilson wilson gets circled by the fiance and a rich donkey named phil carson bypasses all the bidding lays down twenty thousand, a stack of business cards and now takes ownership of utopia why did he give them a stack of business cards just for the plot to work later so they could hand them out to multiple people to say hey go check yep. out this guy yeah yep. that it's makes sense the only reason you hand out a stack of business cards yeah you know how cool i am here's all my business cards <laughs> i won't need any more today yeah, that's it. I got my acquisition. I need them no longer. <laughs> I'm done for today. I'm officially retired. Yeah. So the crew minus Grant finally meet. After that, though, we actually meet Grant. He finds out that Donkey Phil has Utopia and he's up in the penthouse. So he tricks a hotel clerk into giving him a key card. Smart. Uh, Grant kind of looks like a young River Phoenix. Okay. Not a joke. Just a just a just something I noticed. Okay. I guess I can get behind that. Yeah. Wilson Wilson is now Rad Wilson. Hell yeah, he is. And Arby and the Eye Guy storm the $20,000 party, demand the whereabouts of Utopia, and literally drug the partygoers with shots, 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 shots. Yes, but the bad kind. The kind that make me not want to go to the doctor. These people are fucking idiots, though, for letting this happen, right? 
Okay, hold on. What else would you do? There are five of them in two of the people. At least go for the gun. Here's why. You don't know what's in the shot. The shot could be, and I think does, kill them anyway. You're letting yourself get killed. At least try to save your own life. Yeah, but here's the thing is that they're, so they're not guaranteed to die because the the guys say this is just going to knock you out so we can rob you. So it then becomes, do I risk my life to try and get the gun from this guy to most assuredly die? Or do I take my chances with the fact that this is just something to knock me out for the night? Yeah, but again, you're outnumbering this guy who looks like he fucking belongs on the cover art for Bugs Life. Yeah, but you're outnumbering him with a bunch of drunk idiots who are way out of their league <sighs> okay yeah if a dude walks in with a silenced pistol and a yellow duffel bag like that and of which he pulls out some drugs to give me i am obviously gonna see to the fact that he definitely has his shit together much more than i do <laughs> well i don't know i would at least try i would at least try that's all i can say i get it arby snacks on checks mix all the while Good move. Grant has now made it to the penthouse. There's a news report on the TV about bunches of kids dying in southern states that nobody cares about. For as smart as Grant was up until this point, I was surprised that once he got in this room, he just went to fucking town. He Kevin McAllister did it. Yeah. And it's like how smart this kid is. I'm surprised that he didn't just went in, got the comic and got out. Like you would think that this kid would have been like in and out in an instant and been done would have been shitty for the plot, but would have made more sense with his character up to this point. I mean, at the end of the day, he is a preteen and the brain is not developed. That's true. He just needs to like touch things and eat Cheetos, turn on some music and dance around in a half filled fucking jacuzzi. Yep. While hood go crazy plays. He finds Utopia and then rich donkey Phil and gangsta bitch Barbie show up immediately after Arby and I guy enter. Mm-hmm. I guy pistol whips the blue haired bimbo. Arby stabs Phil in the hand with a bronze pelican looking doodad. Mm. That was pretty. That was pretty rough. Pretty rough. And Grant manages to slither away from his hiding spot. Utopia manuscript in his grips. And now it's time for Arby and Rod, the bug guy, to clean up. Uh, they call home, which we find out later as a person. Arby shoots the Horace Tinkerbell point blank in the head, and then Phil through his hand and head like it ain't no thing. Yep. Blossom by Komeda plays as the two villains systematically wipe out everybody from the bidding list outside of our gang since they're staying with Wilson. They go to their rooms and shoots them in the face. Just every one of them. Every one. And the way it's shot with different vantage points and like a blase effect, it actually works for me, but I can see it being too much for for some viewers. Oh, see, it worked for me, too. I mean, how boring would that be if it was just like 15 scenes of them opening a door and shooting a dude in the face? <laughs> yeah. You know, like at least it, it offered some diversity to the, the the what was going to be a repetitive type of scene mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. And the Wade Rogers, uh, that's the guy dressed as the purple Artemis. He deserved it. I hated that guy. <laughs> anyway, Jimmy, the guy dressed as Jessica Hyde, he has a history of mental health issues. So they shoot him in the side of the head and stage it like he's the one who did all of the killing and then offed himself. It's gutting and horrible, but also sickly genius. So kudos, yep. Arby and the writers. Yes. Good job, writers, and also 
the fictional character who enacted their their, <laughs> their whim, I suppose. It's a weird, weird people to thank, but go for it. Yeah. It's all you. Also, Arby is eating more raisins. The guy is going to end up shitting his pants. He is a snacker. I ate a whole package of dried apricots once on break at work, not knowing their digestive properties, and I had to go homesick that day. That's all I'll have to say. Yep. Sounds about right. A destitute looking woman looking like a member of a female corn cover band. Uh, Turns out it's Jessica (laughs) Hyde. She shows up to the bidding room and we are supposed to assume that everyone's dead and or dying, right? So either we can assume that they all died or that the medication or whatever they gave to them is going to make them basically not remember the night previous. So they wanted them to wake up in a way where they thought they just partied really hard. Like, Hey, I did heroin for the first time. Like, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Man, I got into some shit last night. I think they staged like the heroin on, on Ethan for the authorities. Like, I, I I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. Here's the thing is that they killed everyone who even looked at Utopia that day. And these people were selling it. So yeah, they're (laughs) goodbye. They're dead. (laughs) That's the first episode. Yeah. And what an episode it was. So many, so many things, but not nearly as many things as the eighth episode, which is named aptly stay alive. Jessica Hyde. We open up with a man who's been mummified in duct tape being dragged into a house and thrown onto the couch. The whole crew is here, minus Sam. So we have Wilson, Wilson, Becky, Ian, and Clark. Clark? Who the fuck's Clark? Clark, the the little kid. Grant. Grant. Why did I write Clark in my notes? <laughs> huh. And now I just type nap. Nope. Grant. Do you not remember Clark? I don't. That's fine. Nope. So the whole crew is here. Wilson, Becky, Ian, and Grant. No Sam. We don't know where she's off to. We also meet a few new characters. Dwight is here. You know, Rain Wilson, who is playing a character named Michael in this show, which is ironic. Mm -hmm. Also, we meet Alice, a small girl. And we meet and Jessica Hyde is here as well. Mm. So we cut to another scene where people are lining up to get a vaccine for what's called the Stearns flu. A young man looks on with glee. So it turns out the mummy is John Cusack. I keep on saying John Cusack because I have him in my notes as John Q. Sack. So his middle name must be like Quentin or something. Lloyd Dobler looks like shit. Yeah, he really went downhill, man. Yeah, he looks like Edward Scissorhands in a gray trash bag. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but I will say that I liked the character that he was portraying. I think he did a good job acting, but... Looking a little worse for wear, at least after being in a a duct tape sack for a while. (laughs) So young man who we saw earlier looking on at the people lining up for Stern's flu vaccine, presumably finds out that John is missing and sends the Teen Titans to save him. The Teen Titans can do whatever they want with Arby. He doesn't care about Arby's anymore, nor should any of us. But he does say that Jessica needs to be kept alive. So now we get a number of scenes of the crew questioning John or who we learn later is Christy, as we're we're, uh, to assume the big bad Mm -hmm. and also potentially Mr. Rabbit. Mm -hmm. So they're questioning Christy and there are a number of things that we learned. So here they are. One, he has been hunting all of them. Two, his company is shipping out a flu vaccine, but it's laced with another virus. Cool. Nice. Good job. Three, 
Michael is the one who produced the first flu vaccine, so I think the Stearns flu is Michael's creation. Seven, his wife was part of John's crew, so little Alice killed her. Michael's wife was part of the Christie experience Mm. and is now dead by a little tiny nine-year-old. Number 25, Christie receives shipments of children who are raised to do his bidding. He likes when they're twins. Interesting. Also, we're pretty confident that Christie is Mr. Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, C. Jessica Hyde's dad created the virus, which we kind of learned early on, but it's been more confirmed now. But this virus doesn't kill people. It makes people sterile. And that is what is in the vaccine. They plan on sterilizing the population for three generations to halt overpopulation. <sighs> we touched on this when we covered Contagion, the movie. There are too many people. So, like, it's tough for me to be... Okay, his methods are are horrible. I don't agree with just sterilizing people. But Agreed. we we do need a new plague. Like, obviously, I just had a kid. So I'm not a proponent of complete sterilization. Like, you... you well, you are now, asshole. Well, fine. But <laughs> I would be for a cap or, like, a limit. Like, nobody needs more than four offspring. The only people who are pro more than four kids are people who were the seventh child or some shit. Like, I had five brothers and sisters. Are you saying I don't matter? All lives matter. Like, shut up, imaginary man. It's not true. You don't matter. Humans are intolerable, ungrateful, leaky sacks of crap. I guess I'm just saying, like, who are we to say that everybody needs to be saved? There are too many of us. Quit being selfish. We don't need as many people. We're going to kill the planet. Mr. Rabbit is right. To be honest, it, this is the the solution they have come up with is saving people. Like, we're not like this is. Let's look at it this way. I mean, coronavirus is kind of doing the same thing right now, but it is doing it in a much more violent way. This is a way of reducing overpopulation without having to kill anyone. It's true. I, like I said, I, I that's I find it hard disagreeing with a lot of his points, which I mean, which sucks because like he's obviously the bad guy. But I just don't yeah. think a lot of his logic is flawed. I think a lot of his logic is sound. It's just it's it's a harsh thing to be like, yeah, I'm going to force all you people to not have babies for for three generations. Yeah. And I think the the big part, too, is that I think this show probably spent a decent amount of time through the entire show kind of showing Christie's ability to convince people and to be kind of this people person that convince anyone of anything. I, I think this character that John Cusack is playing could literally sell anything to anyone. Yeah. So I, it was, they do a really good job of like really making you feel, wow, this actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. In a really fucked up sad way. Well, that's that's the that's those are the best characters too. like when or, or the best, best stories when when literally it's not just so black and white like, hey, this guy is really evil and this guy is really great. Like there is some there's some moral ambi- ambiguity there. Like I, I don't I can't look at what he's saying and say, no, that's fucking horrible. Like, no, he has some points. I only like villains if I, they're on the extreme of the, the spectrum. So either they're super likable and like someone who you could completely understand where they're coming from like mm-hmm. this or someone like the bad guy from avatar where you literally want to jump in the screen and rip his throat right out i'm okay with like those two separations i don't like people that are like kind of sort of weirdly in the middle yeah gotcha makes sense yeah so so the teen titans arrive at the house to try and hunt the crew here and, and save christy rb just is killing them one by one he is obviously much more skilled than oh all my of them. god i heard rb paints houses this dude he's just- <laughs> 
He's just <laughs> blasting these pastel starter jacket wearing fools left and right. Yeah, what is with their outfits? <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. And so we could talk about those outfits. I also really want to talk about Ian's jean shorts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you might be able to answer this question for me. Is it still possible to purchase jean shorts? You strike me as the type of person who might have jean shorts. Uh, so I have. OK, when I was a teenager, I did wear jean shorts and then I came to my senses and realized, OK, these are not that cool. Kind of like cargo shorts. And and yeah. now that you're a dad, you're kind of coming back around. No, but I don't I think they get more hate than they deserve. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I guess they can be tasteful. The ones that Ian is wearing where that has like an inch, <laughs> an inch cuff at the bottom that comes about three inches above the knee. Not my cup of tea. No, not tasteful. Nope. Here's the thing is that you're you're either here's another one. You need to go on the extremes. Either you need to go way beyond the knee or you need to you need to bring it up to the balls. I mean, <laughs> either, either or, but yeah. don't be in the middle. No, it's like the capris of shorts. You can't exactly. do it. Nope. there's like a six inch area right above your knee where the pants cannot end. It needs to end before or after that. Agree wholeheartedly. Okay, perfect. I think it already happened. Are you going to touch on Cusack's marking? Yeah, so that was something that we learned that John Cusack was Mr. Rabbit, or according to this crew here, that he's Mr. Rabbit, because he had some kind of weird, but he has this weird like marking scar on him on like his on his rib cage. Yeah, it looked like the Japanese symbol for washed up with Cheeto dust. Is that a reference to something? No, he's just... No. He, John Cusack's washed up, and it looks like it was done by Cheeto Dust. Okay. Well, yeah, that's, that's creative, I suppose. Not very nice of John Cusack, but that's fine. Fucking carried this whole last episode by himself, but it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> they ask Christy how to get into the facility that to destroy the vaccines. And he says, well, you're going to need my thumb. And he slaps his hand on his table on the table, and he's like, you know, it's harder to take a thumb than you think. And literally, Becky just... Cuts him off mid-sentence and fucking chops his thumb off with a cleaver, and it was the best scene. It really was great. It was great. Yeah. So here's their plan. Jessica and Wilson are going to stay back and record Christy giving a confession. Their idea is that if he were to confess to this, that it would be more believable, especially if if they reference greed or something along those lines. The rest of the crew is going to go to the facility where the vaccines are and destroy them in any way possible. And then Jessica actually runs into Arby and decides she wants to go home instead and leaves Wilson to handle Christy. Is Arby Jessica's brother? Yeah, I think they are brother and sister. I don't know if they're biological brother and sister, but maybe they were raised as brother and sister. Yeah, so they, they definitely have some kind of familial connection. So he is going to bring her home. So when Arby's laying the bodies out, I like how he he has them orbit the there's like a metal structure like a wind chime type thing of of the space but he lays them out in a way that it mirrors the sprawled out pages that alice had showing the virus um yeah i think it was an it was a nice touch visually i got that too yeah that it felt kind of a little bit like the virus agreed mm -hmm. it was pretty neat uh i have another question yeah does, does grant not have parents like are they not worrying where their young child is yeah, or Alice. Yeah. No idea. Okay. There was a scene in the beginning where we see Grant leaving a house, but I don't know that we actually saw a parent of any kind. Good point. So, no idea. He left all his brothers and sisters to die. <laughs> 
So, so the plan goes into effect here. Um, they are headed to the facility. They threw Christie's thumb in a bag of warm peas to keep it warm for the biometric scanner. Alice is in charge of carrying that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, guys. But they arrive at the facility. They interrupt some guards talking about how Millard Fillmore, the 13th president of the United States, is going to be the next Hamilton. And they're talking about how they can make him the next Hamilton. I think we should I think we should start working on our Millard Fillmore musical, Dave. Yeah, I think I think Millard and his wife Abigail deserve their opportunity in the spotlight. See what you got. Okay. As a young boy, on my way to class, I spent all night thinking about that ass, her nose in a book. While mine was in her, how could a young boy like me be so sure? But that's how it was. She had my dick in my mind. Not a girl, but a lady so intelligent and kind. But now I need her like a flower needs water. I'm smart, she's smarter. I'm hot, she's okay. okay. Abigail, your face just lost a fight to a book. Please wear this paper bag because I'd rather not have to look. Oh, my sweet Abigail, I want to be president someday. And I just ask for your hand so you can be my first lady. Okay, so if you haven't seen... Abigail Fillmore, which you probably haven't because nobody gives a shit about Millard Fillmore. If you haven't seen Abigail Fillmore, take a second, go see what she looks like. Woof. Woof. Yeah, here's here's the thing is that I don't when he was president, I don't know if <laughs> if artists were drawing women very often. Cause she has there are some images where she looks okay, and other ones where it's just like, wow, her face is a big square. <laughs> And I just don't know why there is such a difference. And obviously it depends on the artist. So I think, uh, yeah, I, I think a little bit could be just lost in translation of what we have to experience what she looks like. But it's not great for her in the long run and her mark on history. It's not. So here's what I got for our musical. My name is Millard, Millard Fillmore. And I'll be president. My name is Millard, Millard Fillmore. And I'll be president. But I didn't want it to be like this. Nuh-uh. Rest in peace, Mr. President. Uh-huh. Yo, I dreamed of this moment. Never thought it would happen when I grew up in the Finger Lakes in my log cabin. But now I'm saddened. My friend passed away. Who drinks milk and eats cherries on a hot day? I tried to tell him, yo, this can't be undone. Ah, shit, now his number two's becoming number one. His cabinet's tripping. They didn't want me, so I'ma make them all quit and be my own VP. My name is Millard, Millard Fillmore. Now I am president. My name is Millard, Millard Fillmore. The 13th president. Ah, shit. Dave, this is a true story. Did you know that Zachary Taylor, the president that preceded him, he died because he drank a glass of cold milk and ate cherries on a hot day. And that killed him? That killed him. That it meant did he choke on the cherries? No, it just it it, it made his stomach hurt and <laughs> he died because of it. Uh, all I'm going to say is like I'm thankful to live now. Like imagine living in a time where that's how you die. That's how you died. You're the president. 
you're the most powerful person, like one of the most powerful people in the world. And that's how you died is you just you ate too many cherries. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> pretty frightening. I you know, you think about when you think back in history, you think that people were tougher back then, you know, everyone was just had more grit and was tougher. But then you hear of a president just dying, eating some cherries and some milk, and that does not help the image at all. Nope. But anyway, no. we're going to make millions of dollars, Dave. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, Abigail was Millard's teacher. And then he married her. Craziness. Did you notice these guards were consuming some Dunkin' Donuts? Also, why are all of Christie's guards either teenagers in pastel jumpsuits or middle-aged fat bearded men? (laughs) Because those are the people that are inadequate. And that's what we need for the plot. That is accurate. I'm learning more and more after doing our podcast that a lot of things that TV shows do is just to, so that other parts of the show make any sense at all. Yep. Yeah, interesting. So they whiz by the the guard station, almost running over one of the guards who goes out to try and stop them. They're in one of those like 1990s station wagons. Like it's like a Chrysler or some bullshit like that or Dodge. And they... Whiz by it to throw a Molotov cocktail at the fucking the, uh, the guard station, which is a little intense. And then the car comes screeching to a halt when the guards go to investigate. The car is empty, save for some gallons of gasoline and uh, another ignition device of some sort. And by the time they realize what's going on, the crew is running towards the facility and the car explodes. It's pure bullshit. Like, you mean to tell me that these two knuckleheads didn't see the kids running beyond the car? Like, did they have paper towel tubes on their eyes so they were just could only see the car and they couldn't see fucking two inches beyond the car? But needless to say, they make it in the thumb works and there are holy moly a lot of vaccines. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those like pullback shots from indiana jones or national treasure where you're like oh there's gonna be some treasure in here and then the camera just keeps panning out and you're like whoa there's a lot of treasure in here that's what this was but in a warehouse and it's vaccines Mm -hmm. yeah so they get to work trying to destroy the vaccine ian lets out a a shrieking cry and and runs to a box and starts beating it with a golf club (laughs) Obviously, he's just flailing right now, and they all are. They're opening boxes, trying to break them. So finally, the only smart ones, Alice and Grant, find some forklifts and are using those to destroy as much as they can. So this is making quicker work, but still not very quick. They're starting to make good progress. Michael also happens to find a forklift and is driving one along when he hits you know, some kind of support beam or something. And comically, like every large warehouse or library that's ever been destroyed in any movie in the history of the world, one thing gets hit and the whole thing crumbles down like a shitty domino. It it looked cool, but it, it it's dumb. There's there's no logistical way that that would actually happen that way. Like the metal on the opposite side of where he hit started breaking and falling inward. Like jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Yeah. Also. Daryl would be so pissed if he saw Dwight knocking over all the product in the warehouse. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for sure. He wouldn't be happy at all. They have knocked everything down. Now they choose, now that it's just a big pile of boxes, flammable, great. They toss one single Motov cocktail into the middle of the room, and the whole room lights up. At this point, 
Michael starts making his way to the lab to try and get the mother egg, because if they still have the mother egg, then they can make additional vaccines. Here's a weird question for you. If this vaccine is intended to sterilize everything, but also is supposed to be the cure for the Stern's flu, and Christy wants to halt the growth of the population, why does it matter that he is vaccinating the actual flu? Meaning just let all these people die that way? I, I mean, you've already created the demand for the vaccine. Now you just send out the vaccine. If it works or not, who cares? <laughs> you've you've sterilized anyone who survives it and you have killed anyone who doesn't. But you're still getting your point across. You know? mm, yeah. After he is able to get the mother egg and destroy all the others. This scene made it look like he also destroyed the mother egg, but spoiler alert, we find out later that he's too attached to it because he's, he's like, he's it's, it's proud mama and, and needed to, needed to take it with him. So he escapes the lab because now fire alarms are going off, things like that, because all hell is breaking loose in the, um, in the warehouse. So it's just another version of, of things looking cool, but making no logical sense. Like it looked cool when the eggs were all exploding, but like, yeah, why the fuck would an egg explode? Well, cause it's too hot. He turns up the heat. Yeah. You also turn up the heat when you put an egg in boiling water, but it doesn't just fucking explode. Well, I'm sure if you just went from like zero degrees to 10,000 degrees within t- five seconds, that's probably enough to have enough pressure to. Uh, make it explode but regardless why does the temperature gauge even go up that high if it's going to make them explode like why would when would it ever be useful to turn up that high that, that's the part when that I don't when care. you need to explode them <sighs> but why if you need to sterilize the container when there's no eggs in there okay fine ha okay you win so the rest of them escape by foot they are able to weasel their way out as the crew of middle-aged fat men are making their way in they start kind of running off um, away from the facility, they're just sprinting down the road, and some cops come by. At this point, Becky and Grant had run further ahead, so they actually get caught by the cops, whereas Alice and Ian were not. Alice and Ian are able to kind of hang back and and get into some brush so that they're not caught. And Grant makes enough of a stink with the police officers so that Becky is able to to outrun the fattest woman cop I've ever seen that they sticked on trying to catch this girl. Yeah, that cop on the hills attempt was pathetic. Like, I yeah. am fully OK if we defund that one police officer. <laughs> Please. That's pathetic. That one lady does not deserve it. I would I'm. I thought that you had to pass physical exams on a relatively regular basis. She literally not. She went up. I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. If you don't if you haven't seen the show, just watch this one clip. She literally goes up like I would say like a foot, foot and a half up the hill, falls on her knees and then just gives up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just immediate, immediate give up. And she was so confident, too. She's like, I got her. And then she like was <laughs> deflated so quickly. There's an incline. Fuck. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I didn't see this ill here. So so Becky gets away, but Clark is definitely arrested now. And Ian and so Alice were able to get away as well. Did I call him Clark again? Mm-hmm. Why do I want to call him Clark so bad? <laughs> well, whatever, Grant. Yeah. You, got, you guys know what I'm talking about. So, so Clark's arrested now. So at this point, we kind of see this whole time. 
Wilson Wilson is trying to convince Christy to say the the words to his thing and they get in a little argument about it and then laugh and giggle about it and it's his whole thing. But you can kind of see that Wilson might be flipping sides. Like he's he's starting to kind of see where Christy's coming from, which I mean, don't we all? Mm-hmm. Also, at this time, Jessica and Arbiera are on their way to the farm. They arrive there. They walk through a field of children. Wilson finally picks up Becky, who is on the side running on the side of the road, but he is in one of the Christie cars and Christie's in there with him. And he just tells her to relax, but she's freaking out, which obviously, yep. Mm-hmm. While Jessica Hyde is going into her yellow house to check out that place, Arby has a nice conversation with a girl named Lily, who we have just met. She calls Arby John for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I Do they call him like is Arby his nickname because he's got the meat? <laughs> Maybe, do you think he just has a real big dick? Real big dick. Yeah, that makes sense. Mr. Big, Mr. Big Arby over here. Yeah. So Jessica Hyde makes it into the house, passes out on her bed, w- is awoken by an older black lady who we've never seen. So sh- Jessica's looking like shit. Uh, yeah, she's really bad. looking rough at this point. I bet the braille on her forehead reads, bruh, I'm so sick. <laughs> I like the addition of the bruh because of the dreads. I get it. This house is weird, too. It's there's Wizard of Oz quotes all up everywhere. And like also there's all these Lewis Carroll, you know, White Rabbit, Alice, all these illusions. I, like um, we get it with the elementary illusions. It's enough. It's enough, Utopia. Yeah, there's fucking rabbits everywhere. Yeah, it reminds me of Ben Linus from Lost. There were no Lost actors in this, so I have to have some reference. Oh, Jesus Christ, you asshole. So Jessica Hyde passed out on the bed, which obviously is just the first thing you do when you get back to your childhood bed. You go to sleep. And then she gets awoken by this uh, older black lady. They get in a little tussle. The black lady rips open Jessica's shirt like Hulk Hogan, which that was impressive. It's hard to rip a shirt like that. It is. She also somehow managed to rip her bra off, which is unreal. I don't think she wears one. Have you seen her clothes? She does. You could you could see it in the show. All right. Okay. So I'm not making up the fact that there is a bra. It exists in the in the the utopia verse. Jessica Hyde wears a bra, guys. (laughs) So we see on her back on Jessica Hyde's back that there are like a million different markings that look similar to the one that is on her arm and were i guess to assume that there was a lot of testing or or shit done to her um that she was unaware of when she was a kid and this lady says you carry the future on your back waiting to be harvested i feel like that's something yeah so like are these all viruses that they can just like (sighs) cut a chunk out of her back or are these like injection points where they store some of the viruses it's so weird and like yeah when they put the when when the woman puts the blanket home i guess we're to assume she is person named home she puts a blanket over her after and the blanket like has all the it's 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 covered in the galaxy but all the little galaxy things like planets or what have you asteroids and shit they look like the markings that are on her back Mm. i don't know what any of that means but what if they are vaccines that her father was essentially putting into her to make her like the key to vaccinating any of these diseases that were released by Christy. Yeah, I that could be it too. Well, Jessica, as as Michael said, passed out on the bed again. She gets tucked in by this lady. 
who then heads into a dark locked room in the basement where someone is drawing a new comic book page, it looks like. And she says, I have your daughter. Yeah, cool. The lead singer of fucking Coheed and Cambria is her dad. Yippee. Hell yeah, man. So a couple of things from earlier in that scene that I just wanted to touch on. Number one, oh, she lives in this yellow cage. Like, excuse me, there's a chunk of amethyst geode on her bedside stand. Those things are like $100. So, like, boohoo. Get over your horrible, rich life, Jessica Hyde. I disagree. You could, you could like, make those as a kid. What do you, you mean? Did make you ever those get one of those kits? You didn't get one of those cool kits? No, I didn't get one of those cool kits. Oh, my God. You were so poor. So, there was these <laughs> cool kits... <laughs> there were these cool kits that you could get where it's like you mixed a few chemicals together and like smeared it on like the inside of just like this hollowed out cement thing um, and you put the chemicals in there and then you like leave it for a week and you go down and you have crystals you know how much those kits cost $100 probably not anyway I disagree this is probably a huge stretch but there are little kids blocks on her bedside table like with letters on them oh god and the letters are B E Y V. What does that spell? It spells nothing. <laughs> beef. It smells no, beef. It, it was Arby the whole no. time. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's one of two things. <laughs> it's either behave because she needs to behave or beehive. Beehive. Listen, what, I think it's Cusack is talking about like a hive mind thing. I don't, I just, all I'm saying is I don't think they just put four random letters. They purposely spelled out something. You're fucking David lynching this so hard. (laughs) You need to relax. So it's nothing. It was just four random letters. Relax. All right. Yes. Okay. No, I'm, I'm confident that it was a reference to army. (laughs) I'm locking that in. All right. (laughs) So that is utopia. Everyone let's crank these questions out. Let's start with our Reddit questions. The first question we got, was from gynophile persons really into vaginas yeah that's what i think where is jessica hyde hiding (laughs) get it i do so if i if i take Uh, the meaning right i think they mean like at the end of the episode where is she if so i the farm where she grew up which has her yellow house cage uh, the size of one of those sheds outside of bj's that you can buy they also they drive by a sign it's christy farms yeah i think that's where she is she's at christy farms her childhood living quarters i agree with that okay easy enough nathaniel wyvern asked what was rb's revelation and why are twins so important to home i think arby's revelation is that he was a part of a twin pair like he he had a twin but he killed his other twin and it makes him super ravenous all the time like that's why he's so hungry because he has to fill the hole that his brother dying left and they're so important to home because they're christy talks about it there it gives you like a constant and a variable in testing all of the viruses and vaccines interesting so you think that you think that RV, this whole thing was concocted to make an argument of why Arby's hungry all the time. Yep. And named after a meat restaurant. Yep. Okay, cool. I just think that he came to the, the realization that he is in that the comic as well. And he is Jessica's brother, maybe not by blood, but the brother that should be helping her. And as they, they talked about, even in the show, Twins are super important, either, like you said, to have a control and someone that you can you can do medical testing on. But also younger kids are able to to get in the places that they that 
otherwise adults couldn't. But having twins makes it easier for infiltration and spying and such like that because you have two people that look identical. Yeah, it's like Varys's little birds in Game of Thrones. Sure. Cool. The next set of questions is from adjacent, but spelled A-J-E-S-C-E-N-T. What an ass. What the hell was Lily thinking? Oh, boy. I don't know. (laughs) Adjacent, Adjacent asked some really, really out there questions, guys. She was thinking that she loves Arby. So Lily's the girl at the end standing with Arby. But I think she's obviously more important than just that one scene. So I'm guessing we get flashback scenes in the middle of the show where we see Jessica flee that yellow house. And maybe Lily betrays her because she's brainwashed by Mr. Rabbit and or home. And I think, what the hell was she thinking? Like, why would she do that? But it's because she's brainwashed. Maybe. Okay. How the hell is Wilson's eye hole not infected? So it turns out that that Lisa Frank eye patch is not just for decoration. They do break out a spoon and some salt with tied up Cusack. So I'm going to assume that that's some hammer rabbi eye for an eye shit. And I don't know science, but maybe the salt has preserved it. I think his beautiful antimicrobial eye patch is what does it. Yeah. Uh, Jason asks, (laughs) exactly how big was that shower curtain? Not big enough. All right. I, what the what the hell are we talking yeah. about here? I, super big is the answer. I'm talking like yep. biggest shower curtain you've ever seen, like a a baby shower curtain, the a yeah. gender reveal curtain. That that curtain yeah. could have put out the wildfires big. So I measured yeah. my shower curtain, and it's five feet by just under six feet. So we're talking like a hundred times that. So yeah, I uh, I think a, a shack shack sized curtain makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Who was your favorite character and why was it Colleen? We only saw her legs. I assume she's just like a horizontal nanny from the Muppet Babies cartoons. 80s Babies knows what, know what I'm talking about. So since we don't get to see her, I'm not going to count her as a favorite character. Dave, who's your favorite character? See, I'm good. This, this seems like a lean into something actually like that happened in the show. But I guess if I had to name a, a favorite character, I would say, ironically, Christy. <laughs> Christy? Yeah. I like Christy. Yeah. I also like Arby, strangely. like. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, I'm an Arby fan. We like the bad people. I also like Michael just because it's Rain Wilson. So there's like a inherent bias there. But yeah, he offered pretty much the only comic relief I felt like in that last episode. Pretty much every time was Rain Wilson in one way or another. Except Ian screaming when he, when he went to go bust those box open. That was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, the only time we see Colleen, the dog is like eating at her leg and mm, lapping, up, lapping up some blood. Animals are ruthless, man. Like we put these furry fuckers on a pedestal, but when push comes to shove, they will literally eat your face. And that's why I don't have pets. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, adjacent. Also, <laughs> adjacent's last question is what have you done to earn your place in this crowded world? This podcast, obviously. I don't know. Like I don't, I'm supposed to say something nice like oh, I volunteer, but I don't I don't volunteer. Volunteering is for rich people or people that are actually good people are actually good people. No, mm-hmm. it's it's for rich people or people who aren't scared to be homeless because you just always have to be working for your own good or you're going to die. <sighs> I don't know. I disagree. This podcast is kind of like eating up time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's almost like volunteering, actually. Kind of. What? Unless you buy stickers. I, Get them now at the Doodle of Sticker Shop. I have a question, though. Like, why don't instead of rich people 
donating money and volunteering, why can't they just agree to being taxed more? Yeah, great question. I would sign up for that a million times over. Oh, you're just going to charge me an extra $1,000 a year, but I don't have to go help people? Okay, cool. It's because they want to decide to to, to be in charge. Like They want to decide when to give their time, or they want to mm-hmm. look good and be like, I donated $2 million to Cars for Kids. Or like, just, yeah, to get to get a, a $1.9 million yeah, tax credit. Fuck really rich people. I don't uh, whatever. The only good thing Agreed. I do, the only good thing I do is I yell at people who don't put their shopping carts back. That's it. That's what I've done to mm, earn my yeah, place. That feels like you're doing a good job earning your place, mm-hmm. you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. So, Jeffrey asked us, where did Alice come from? I don't want to answer this yet because there are some questions later that dive into this further. All I'll say now is that I think she's somebody's daughter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Actually, I didn't think I didn't think that through. That literally yeah, describes every female. <laughs> you described every girl in existence. <laughs> well, she's someone's daughter. No way. It's a fact. She's somebody's daughter. Blowing this plot out of the water. <laughs> All right. So we can talk about that later. We can kind of interject this question later. I don't want to answer now if we we can both answer later. Okay. Jeffery also asks, who's Mr. Rabbit? John Q. Sack. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit is the subject of a Casper baby pants song. If you have a child and you don't listen to Casper, you're crazy. It's the dude from Presidents of the United States of America, but it's the real answer is Cusack. He is a partner of home, the scary lady from the end. So you think that lady is home? Yeah. Really? Yeah, she said she's home. She she did? Yeah. She says, I'm not homeland. I'm home. Hmm. Interesting. That's our answers for that one. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> so our next question Jeffrey asks and we have another user who also asked a very similar question so i'm kind of kind of jamming both together the other user however is coffle jajab 9726 that you fucking nailed it you sounded like you were talking in simlish but it was perfect he asked she asked 9726 asked what happened to that girl named sam who seemed kind of cool leader of the group which is in relation to Jeff Effery's question of where's Sam? Mm-hmm. Her dad picked her up. That's it. We don't see her more. No, I, I, th- <laughs> I think her dad's quote about being lost without her is telling. Like, I think she gets killed by, uh, I'll say Artemis while she's hunting for Jessica. And it sends the group into a downward spiral because she, she was the sane glue holding the group together. Yeah, I could see that for sure, the same glue part. I don't think she was killed by Artemis, though. Artemis is kind of led to be a good person. I thought Artemis was like the the hunter. Artemis was the person who helped Jessica Hyde escape the clutches uh, of Christy and okay. her Okay, when I say Artemis, I meant the harvest then. Ah, yes. Okay, I can get behind that. Okay. But I think Arby is the one who killed her. Okay. Because... Christy talks about the fact that Arby betrayed them, and I think that Arby was on Christy's payroll and was hunting this team down. Arby killed her, but then made his revelation about Jessica Hyde and turned into a good guy. Perfect. The next question is from I am Clap Clap. No, I believe it's I am. Yep. Why does Jessica get sick? I think that she's invected with all kinds of different flus that were tested on her or not flus, but uh, different diseases that were all tested on her. Or she just came into contact with someone with Stern's flu (laughs) or she went to uh, a rally for President Trump. Who knows? (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's because Mr. Rabbit tests all the viruses on her via that gas mask thing she sees at the end. And I think the marks all over her back, like we talked about, I think they're like nicotine patches that give her the antibodies after the virus hits. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Cool. So our last Reddit question, different box zero, who asks, what is the spoon used for? Heroin. In that scene where Arby staged the overdoses in the hotel room. No, um, we talked about it. Cereal. I, <laughs> I think it was used to scoop out Wilson's eye based on the context clues we see later. Hmm. Yeah, I, I would be willing to get behind that, too. Yep. Eye scooping. Eye scooping. <laughs> so the last set of questions here is from a person named Ashley. Ashley has submitted some questions before. Uh, she's also my wife. Who is Artemis and what happened to her? So Artemis was Jessica Hyde's savior, and I think that she died saving her, like in the process of trying to help Jessica Hyde escape from Christie and all of them, she perished. Maybe. So in real life, she is the Greek goddess of the hunt, and we know that she does play a hand in Jessica escaping. I'm guessing that she got killed by, I'm going to go with home. Uh, she does seem pretty scary at the end. Uh, no, actually, mm. I think that she gets killed by Grant. Ooh. How is Alice connected to Grant? How and why does she suffer because of him? I think that Alice is Artemis's daughter. So when Grant shoots Artemis, Alice becomes orphaned and is now part of the group. Alice and Grant are twins that escaped the farm and she suffers because of him because he is really bad at his job that maybe would explain why nobody gives a shit about grant because they're not he doesn't have real parents they're just like foster parents and also how alice and grant are the most competent of all of the people in this whole i actually like that i like that better than my answer uh you have swayed me excellent why does becky have to wear that scarf now ian is a vampire and she doesn't want him to see her supple neck. <laughs> to keep her little head from falling in the snow. Ashley loved that song, Fleet Foxes. It was our theme song for my last podcast, The Pathcast. But um, in short, it's to keep her head on. Mm, interesting. That's it. That's all I got. Cool. Why does Lily call Arby John? Because she saw him pick up a prostitute. I think it's it's probably some biblical thing that I don't know about. Maybe he baptized her, John the Baptist. Uh, he looks creepy enough to have done that. I think that she likes to take dumps on him. <laughs> Whoa. What is that? What is John? John shits? What? I don't get it. No. Like, what? Do you, what's another thing for a toilet? Uh, toilet? Got it. People are always yep. pissing on him. And okay. All right. Yeah. Or it could just be his first name, but I like the shitting one. Well, then if. Okay. So if his first name really is John, then why the hell is he called Arby? Is it because he's got the meat? Yeah. Is John Q. Arby. Got it. What is the significance of the red striped llama and who does it represent? So I think the red striped llama represents home. Okay. I, I was going to say that lady, but now that I know that it's home, I'm going to say home because it is carrying the rabbit in the images that we see it. So I think that the home and Mr. Rabbit together are able to achieve their goals. So it could be home or harvest or, you know, any, any one of those kind of names for the group. But I think it represents how them together are able to try and take down 
Jessica. I like that. All I could think about was fruit stripe gum, as I used to love that shit as a kid. Mm-hmm. But Good. you had to eat Good it. Stuff. You had to eat it all at once, basically, because that shit lost its flavor as soon as it hit your tongue. Yeah, you just had to have a pack ready, and you had to know that it was only going to last thirty minutes. The whole they, pack. seriously, it's not even an exaggeration. Um, so we see, we do see the red striped llama in a, uh, one of the Utopia pages in the first episode. Mister Rabbit is sitting on it, like you said. So I bet that the red striped llama is John. It represents Arby because it looks weird as fuck, and but it's also powerful. And Cusack wants to sit on him, like you said, like a like a toilet, like a John. Good old John. Yep. <laughs> All right. So, what happened to Arby's partner? I think that, like most people, we no longer see he dies. Uh, the question, obviously, is who kills him. So, I want to say Grant, but that would spoil my other theory because I don't I don't picture him as murdering multiple people. So. I'm going to go with Colleen. She was protecting the group of kids and that crazy maternal shit kicks in and she like flipped a car onto his head and his stupid bug eyes popped out or something. I think Colleen killed Arby's partner. So I think Arby's partner was driving home after dropping Arby off after the initial killing spree that they went on and his ancient car died on train tracks and he just got run over yeah some of that ultra violence maybe just mm. unrelated mm-hmm. to anything else i don't know i feel yeah. like i feel like he had to have been yeah killed. Uh, he probably was <laughs> i bet it was wilson's eye that killed him <laughs> that is all the questions and we we nailed none of them no every single one we got right including the ian is a vampire that's absolutely correct <laughs> Oh, actually, this is wild, but we literally just got another Reddit question or it, we got it a couple hours ago, but I just checked right now for the hell of it. So one last question by Magic Maven dash nine. Who is Enyo? Are we sure this isn't some kind of like lead into a, a butt of a joke? Enyo face. Yeah. No, I think it yeah, is. I think, that. I think it's got to be. Who is Enyo? Hmm. Enyo is that llama. Oh, the llama's just named Enyo? Yep. What if Artemis is Enyo? Just multiple names. Yeah. Well, like I think like everyone in the in the thing other than Jessica Hyde has like a weird name associated to them. Like Mr. Rabbit and all that junk. Hmm. So could Artemis be. isn't weird enough for you? No. Okay. Or it could be the male version of the nineties choral group Enya. Yeah. That's what it nailed it. Yep. yep. Got him. Thank you. So now that's Utopia. It is. We've done it. Yes, we have. Thank you for suffering through that with us. Dave, we're done Utopia. What are we doing next episode? Sleepaway Camp. We are doing a scary movie for Halloween. Ooh. Yeah, it's, we're, we're going to hate it because we've already talked about we don't like horror movies. But this nope. this was a suggestion of Mike, the host of Whack Brackets. And it's uh, apparently a cult following movie from the 80s uh, slasher film. So, oh boy. That episode is going to come out October 21st. So a little bit of an early Halloween treat for you. And it's free on Amazon Prime, so if you haven't watched it, watch it so you can follow along and and ask us some questions. We'd love some questions. Check it out. Hell yeah. I wanted to give a quick shout out to the country of India, Um, just the full country. (laughs) No, we've been, listen, we've been getting a shit, a mega load of, of downloads lately from many provinces or sections of India. I wanted to say thank you and yeah. Was never a fan of your food until a few years ago. I love Indian food now. 
That's all I know about oh, India. God. So thank you, India. God, this is this was a bad idea. <laughs> this was a very bad idea. I appreciate you and your culture. Thank you for listening. Yes. Fuck you, Pakistan. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Pakistan. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, also, go go do all the stuff. Go follow us on Instagram and hit up the Facebook. Hit up the Twitter. Send us an email. Go buy some stickers. Send us an email at thecentercutcast at gmail.com and send us an email that you bought a sticker. Yeah. Tell us that you bought a sticker or post about it on Facebook. Be like, I bought a sticker because I'm awesome. Or post about it on Instagram and tag us. Do whatever it takes. But we want to know. We want to be able to thank you. We're able to thank Kay because she's awesome. We want to be able to thank everybody else. But yeah, go check out stickers. Don't forget, Doodleist Sticker Shop. It's on Etsy. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Michael's pretty good about that. But uh, go do go do all that fun stuff. As always, if you haven't, please subscribe to the show. Auto downloads. Even if you don't plan on listening, you know it's going to make it look like you listen. So then we won't be able to yell at you for not listening. Correct. That's it. That's all I got, Dave. That's all I got. Until next time. Like Arby's dead twin between Arby and Jessica, it's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>